The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. If you'd like to make your NFL games a little more interesting, you've come to the right place. It's the Even Money Podcast with Russ Tucker and Steve Fezzik. Yeah, Vegas, baby, Vegas. It is the Even Money Podcast, and it is always presented by betonline.ag because they're your online sportsbook experts, and they got a promo code podcast one. That gives you a 50% sign-up bonus. You know why this is the best sports betting podcast out there? Because we have the best sports better out there. Steve Fezzik. Check out the name tag. At Fezzik Sports on Twitter. The only two-time winner of the Westgate Super Contest. Not a lot of these people that are on the air trying to be gambling experts actually do it for a living like our guy Fez does. So highly encourage you to check out Steve on Twitter and to make sure you listen to every episode we have. There's a lot to get to. we got to get to the NFC win total stuff, Steve, uh, in a little bit. But I want to also get your thoughts on the Masters coming up this weekend, any golf betting tips you might have, plus an unbelievable thing as it relates to UVA that I want to get your thoughts on in a second, I should probably introduce myself. My name is Ross Tucker, a former NFL player, five teams, seven years, really only four. I guess the I guess the three preseason games I started for the Browns don't count since I never actually played a regular season game for them. But I digress. At Ross Tucker NFL is where you can get me Twitter and Instagram or Facebook, Facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Absolutely love the interaction with you guys. You can always email me over at RossTucker.com as well. That's where all of our sponsors are if you ever miss them. We already had an awesome college draft podcast today with Matt Miller from Bleacher Report that included the latest as it relates to Josh Rosen and his trade prospects. So encourage you to check that out because Matt Miller had some information there as it relates to Josh Rosen, which maybe would change the NFC win total numbers for the Arizona Cardinals. More on that momentarily. I think I told you about it last week. I'll just mention it again briefly today. Myfrontpagestory.com is the best Mother's Day gift I've ever heard of, and that's all I have to say about that. And it lasts a lifetime, a lifetime. 
And I pretty much guarantee your mom will cry tears of joy. Myfrontpagestory.com. Yeah, let's get to it. All right, Steve. So before we get to the NFC win totals and get your thoughts on those, I did want to ask you uh, any thoughts on the Final Four over the weekend from a betting perspective or certainly last night's national championship game in which everybody seemingly took the under and was feeling really good about it for a while there. Yeah, feeling good for four minutes, and then um, ultimately uh, more fouls got called and the teams finally hit some threes. And because of that, it just goes to show one, when the total is 119, there's just no margin for error at all. And ultimately we saw that the uh, game was right around 132 before the overtime. So um, the overbetters were indeed correct. So here's the other question I had for you. I don't know. Do you have any other – I got another specific question. Any other thoughts, though, on the Final Four or NCAA tournament? I thought that the parity in the tournament after – not between the, um, the lesser teams and the top 20 – but in the, within the top 20 was apparent with so many overtimes and so many close games that this was truly a tournament that could have gone any different direction. And ultimately, I think Tariq Owens got injured for Texas Tech. And if he had not, if he had been 100%, I think Texas Tech would have been able to win. He was the rim protector for Texas Tech and wound up fouling out in the game. So um, my, ga- my buddy, uh, Big Cat, from Barstool, um, at Barstool Big Cat. He's a co-host of the Pardon My Take podcast, which I've been on a couple times. He tweeted something interesting. In the Elite Eight, okay, Steve, the score was Purdue 70, Virginia 67, with five seconds left in the game. In the Final Four, the score was Auburn 61, Virginia 57 with 17 seconds left in the game. And in the championship game, it was Texas Tech 68, Virginia 65 with 12 seconds left in the game. So I find it fascinating to think what their win probability was in each of those three games individually. And then you put them together I'm calling it, Steve, the negative probability parlay because <laughs> it's, it's like I know now well, you know, why it's hard to win parlays and it's not easy because obviously you need to be right in three games or whatever. But to have three games like that with less than 20 seconds where they're all down by at least three points and win all of them, that's – I mean, I know you can't – up your head but i gotta think the odds of that are really really small i actually can come up with the odds on off the top of my head in the purdue game the chance that virginia was going to win that game was right around 12 percent the auburn game at the lowest point was about five percent and then against texas tech ten percent so go ahead and make it easy for the math, assume 10% in all three of those games. So literally you can say it was a one in 1000 chance from the low point of those games that uh, Virginia would win the national title yet. They did it. So 
why would it be if it was if they were down by three with five seconds left to Purdue? Why would they have a better chance to win that one than down by three with twelve seconds left to Texas Tech? Um, I'm actually, it really is the same, but they. Um, Got it. I'm, okay. I'm kind so of sim- I'm kind of simplifying okay. based upon the point that there's actually odds put up um, during in running wagering. Oh, got it. Okay. I love it. I love it. That's awesome. Um, Steve, thank you very much. Cause I was wondering what the probability of that would be pretty, um, pretty amazing. So, um, let's get into, uh, the masters before we get to the NFL, uh, the NFC win totals, any thoughts, any tips? I know you're not a big golf guy, but it is a big week. People might be going to betonline.ag using the promo code podcast one to go ahead and place their bets so they get the 50% welcome bonus. Any any just tips you have for golf bets that you absolutely should not do? Yeah, as always, I'd look to avoid the needle and the haystack bets. What are those? Well, who's going to win the Masters? It's only one team that's going to win, <laughs> one player that's going to win. So because of that, you can talk all you want about, I'll, I'll use the NCAA tournament as an example, how there was great value betting on Auburn and great value betting on Texas Tech and great value, et cetera. But for all those tickets that almost won, there's a whole lot of guys that bet teams like Nevada at 50 to 1 and thought they were getting great value. And there's a whole lot of guys that bet on Michigan State and bet on Purdue. And bottom line is when there's only one winner and the house takes such a high vigorous on those bets, it's just not the way professional bettors make money typically. The way to make money, find an undervalued golfer that likes the course, and he's paired up in a player versus player matchup against an overvalued golfer that doesn't particularly have a game that suits the Augusta, and play golfer A against golfer B. And further, when you're playing your golf, golfer matchups, Look to fade certain golfers that are public darlings. So Tiger Woods would be an example of a guy that I, it typically would be very rare that there'd be value betting on Tiger. Find a golfer that you like at Augusta that's paired against Tiger and bet him against Tiger to perform better. Got it. That makes sense. Um, that makes perfect sense. And I think you say that usually when we get into it each year. So good tip there on the Masters. Love the percentage on the negative probability parlay let's dive into though the nfc win total numbers we did the afc a week ago so we'll start the first team with the highest nfc win total number steve is the los angeles rams at 10 and a half these odds by the way are from betonline.ag which came out with their season win totals uh, recently as well. So I don't know if they're the same or how different they are from some of the AFC ones we were talking about last week, but we always go with betonline.ag because those are our guys. You use the promo code PODCAST1. That's the key so that you get that 50% welcome bonus no matter what you're betting on. Masters, NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs will be here before you know it. And of course, the NFC or any NFL team season win total numbers. Steve, let's start with the L.A. Rams. They are at 10.5. Yeah, and I was kind of surprised that they're not at 11. I think what's happening here 
is there's a Super Bowl hangover that's going on that the betters pretty much expect from any team that loses the Super Bowl, they'll tend to look to bet against them, and that's been very profitable over the years to fade the Super Bowl loser. However, in this case, I think for a good part of the year, the Rams were indeed the best team. Then, of course, Gurley wasn't 100%. They lost one of their wide receivers, and Goff was not as trustworthy down the stretch. But even saying all that, if I had to play this one, Ross, I would go over the 10.5. Wow, that's interesting. You're not, a, you're not a big guy typically for going over. Um, I think that number sounds about right. Um, I think that they're probably a 10 or 11 win team. I, I don't see them being less than, than nine. Um, but I, I can see them getting to 12 potentially. So if I had to lean one way, I would lean over as well. But I don't, I don't think I feel as strongly about it as you do. What about the New Orleans Saints? Speaking of some type of hangover, Steve. It's a great point. New Orleans at 10.5 also, and in many ways, I think their hangover is going to be bigger than the Rams, the way that they lost the NFC title game where they had it in their grasp, and they can make excuses, blame it on the refs. Bottom line is Drew Brees is going to be a year older. He's getting closer to 40, and he did not look right at the end of the year at all. And if he's not right, there's no way the Saints are going to win 11 games. Even if he's right, he's still going to regress with his age. I can only look under with the Saints at 10.5. You know, I, I tend to agree with you. Um, I just think sort of a law of averages thing. I, I, you know, sometimes you think about, like, Virginia basketball. They bounce back from, you know, the negativity they had of losing to a 16 seed last year. And they're able to go ahead and have tremendous success, win the whole thing. Maybe that happens, but I think their division will be better. Uh, it's a tough division, and I think really all three of the other teams in the division will be better this year. And I think that's going to chip away at the Saints. I'd probably lean under as well, although I think 10.5's the right number. What about the Bears and the Packers? And the Eagles, all three of them, Bears, Packers, Eagles, all at nine and a half. All right, let's start with Philadelphia. I think that it was very, very impressive with all the injuries they had, with their backup quarterback foals, that Philly got to nine wins last year. I love the analytics play calling, the risk-taking from Philadelphia. I would look over nine and a half on Philadelphia. Totally agree, Steve. I, I guess I just look at it. I'm still not very impressed by the Giants or the Redskins in the NFC East. I don't necessarily think either one of those teams will really even be better than they were a year ago. I think Dallas is pretty good. Um, but, yeah, the Eagles had some issues, especially early in the year, and they were playing very well at the end of the year. I know that was with Foles, but I think Wentz will be healthy. I think the Eagles – look, I'd be surprised – if they had any less than nine wins. And I think it's much more likely that they're at 10 or 11, maybe even 12. So I'm going over on the Eagles also. Then for the other two teams in the NFC Central, frankly, I'm a little bit surprised that the Bears and the Packers are both at nine and a half. I think that the Bears number looks correct to me. It's all about will Trubisky develop. But Green Bay, that is a leap of faith to put them at nine and a half, a team that won six and a half games 
give them half a win for their tie. Um, Rogers numbers have regressed, not just last year when he was injured, but really the last four years, he has no longer been the dominant NFL quarterback that he was early in his career when he was easily the best quarterback in the NFL. Uh, nine and a half on the Packers. Give me some under. That would be my one of my biggest bets. Yeah, I'm taking the under as well. Um, I think the number should probably be eight and a half for them, maybe nine. You know, there's just so much of an unknown with Matt LaFleur as the head coach. I do like some of the additions they've made on the defensive side of the ball, and I think that that is going to help them out. But I'm just not convinced that that the Green Bay Packers are what they used to be. I don't really see them getting to like 11 or 12 wins. So I think your upside is 10 there. I think it's it's just as likely that they're at 9 or 8, so I'll take the under. What about the Bears, Steve? Yeah, Bears nine and a half, and I think, like I said, that that number is spot on correct. Oh, sorry, I missed that. Yep, I I would agree. I think that's I think that's a good number for the Bears. Let's get to the Falcons. They're at nine, as are the Minnesota Vikings. What do you think of the Falcons and the Vikings at nine? Well, stay in division with the Vikings at nine. It seems a little bit high, but second year under Cousins. He should improve, and in Zimmer, I trust. He's, I think he's one of the best coaches in the NFL, so nine looks about right to Minnesota. Nine does not look right for Atlanta. Um, frankly, I know we're only a few years removed from their Super Bowl, but there's just something not right with this team um, in terms of their play calling in the red zone. I know they improved last year versus the year before, but I don't trust the Atlanta defense. And bottom line is, um, when you're talking nine wins, you need to win ten games to beat me. And I think that division is just too difficult. I would go under nine wins, Atlanta. I think that number is just about right. You know, if you remember, they they had so many injuries, both safeties, Deion Jones, and their defense just cost them uh, several games at home. That Bengals game. Um, there's another team where they were up and they gave up a late score. And that's a couple games right there. So I think nine is just about right. And I think that they're just as likely to win 10 as they are eight. So I'll leave them right there. As for uh, the Vikings, I feel the same way. I, I, I feel pretty similar. If The Vikings, I would maybe lean a little bit more to the over, but I still don't think that they've really corrected their offensive line where they need to be. So uh, I'm going just right for both of those. Let's get to, Steve, the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, They are at eight and a half. Interesting, because the Cowboys are a public team. They're a team I typically look to bet against. But i got to tell you, Ross, I think the Cowboys win nine or ten games. I think that there'll be money to be made betting against them over the course of the year in good spots. But I don't see them as a 500 team. I see them better than a 500 team. I would go over eight and a half. I'm with you. That's a number that surprises me. You know, they got the deal done with Demarcus Lawrence over the weekend. They've got a lot of young players still hungry for their contracts. Amari Cooper, Dak Prescott, Byron Jones, Zeke Elliott. They get their center back, Travis Frederick, this year. 
That number is surprising. I, I think the floor for the Cowboys is eight. I think they're much more likely to win nine, ten, maybe even eleven. Uh, the over for the Cowboys eight and a half would be one of my bigger bets. How about the Seahawks over under eight and a half? Real quick, can you give me an update on Frederick? And I know he was battling a disease. Um, they have that under control now. Uh, yes, my understanding is he should be. It's Guillain-Barré syndrome, and my understanding is he should be good to go, even for these off-season workouts, even for OTAs. Very good. Um, Seattle, you know, they're just a team that the market just never seems to reflect how valuable Russell Wilson is. I actually have Russell Wilson as my number two rated quarterback in the NFL right now, so I think Russell Wilson knows how valuable he is. Hopefully he gets paid by April 15th, and there, are, there will be some distractions if they don't get that contract done, but he alone is going to get Seattle to eight wins, um, even if everything goes wrong. And so now all we need is a little bit of luck to get to you know, nine or more wins, I would only look over on Seattle. Yeah, I, I pretty much agree with everything you said. This is the second consecutive line that I'm, I'm confused. Frankly, I'm a little confused that the Vikings and the Falcons have higher numbers than the Cowboys and the Seahawks. I'm taking Seahawks over eight and a half. I think they'll be better this year in year two under Brian Schottenheimer. I am a little bit, as the offensive coordinator, I am a little concerned about Doug Baldwin's health. Uh, but, I mean, with Russell Wilson, I do think the floor is 8-8. Eight and eight. And I think there's a pretty good chance they'll win 9-10, maybe even 11. Stop me if you've heard this before. How about the Carolina Panthers at 8, Steve? Yeah, in Carolina, I would look under the 8. Let's face it. Um, I get it. Carolina was 6-2 and two at one point and playing really good football last year. But I'm concerned about Cam Newton. I have concerns about Cam Newton in good years. And that shoulder, you just he has taken so many hit, hits over his career. If he's not right, you win automatically because Carolina won't be a 500 team. And if he's somewhat healthy, I don't think he can be fully healthy, then I think eight's probably a good number. So I think it's either a fair number or we have a really good bet. I would only look under the eight wins. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, you know, the uncertainty of Cam's health and how he performed, they haven't really added anybody all that impressive this offseason. They lost Devin Funches. I don't know where you look on the Panthers and say, well, they're going to be a lot better there. I don't see it. I think uh, I see a middling team. I don't really see them, you know, with New Orleans and Atlanta in their division. I don't see them getting to 10 wins so maybe nine but more likely eight or seven in my mind i would lean under as well it's scary steve how many of these we agree on what about the niners whose total is eight yeah here's a team i'm bullish on i know they only won four games well they had their third string quarterback nick mullins playing a lot of those games the underlying stats for the 49ers were pretty darn good last year for a four and 12 team um, now they get Jimmy G back, and bottom line is I don't think they're going to be minus 25 in turnovers like they were last year. I don't think they're going to lose all these close games like they did last year. If you're looking for a dark horse of a team that could come out of nowhere and suddenly have a ceiling as high as 11 or 12 wins, it certainly would be the Niners. I would look over the, the, the 
eight wins for San Francisco. I think that number is just about right. Uh, you know, I, I think when when you're in the same division as the Rams and the Seahawks, you know, I'll believe that the Niners win over eight games when I see it. I think they're an eight and eight team, and I think they're just as likely to win seven as they are to win nine. Uh, we'll see. I, I think the 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 jury's still kind of out on Garoppolo a little bit, um, and he's got to come off the injury now. So I think eight's the right number for them. I think that they nailed it. I might even I might even lean to the under a little bit there. So we kind of go against each other on that one. How about the Lions with a number of seven? How are the Lions, the Detroit Lions, going to win seven games? This is going to be a big bet for me under. Um, I get it that Stafford has had some good years in the past, and he's kind of a – He's a fantasy football darling, but it sure seems like he puts up a whole lot of his numbers up when the Lions are down 20 and gets them back into the game, but they still don't necessarily win the game. And now um, Stafford's wife, unfortunately, has a major medical problem. That's a big distraction for him as well. Now, sometimes guys can respond to this sort of thing, some guys, and focus themselves in at work and kind of escape from their life's issues. But that's yet to be seen. But even if there wasn't that um, problem with Stafford, I still would be playing Lions under seven, and he might be distracted all year long. Big bet Lions under seven. So the Lions didn't bring back Ziggy Ansah, but they did sign Trey Flowers to big money. I think the Stafford concern is real. Uh, They did bring on on offense Jesse James, C.J. Anderson, Danny Amendola. To me, they're a middling team. I think seven is the right number. Can, I, can they get to eight and eight and show some improvement this year? Yeah. They could just as easily be six and ten. I think that's, I think seven's actually the right number. I think they'll be a little bit better, but I think that's the right number with Patricia in year two. How about we get now, Steve, to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the number for them is six and a half. Mm. I sure wish it had been six because even with a really tough division, I got to tell you that um, I think that Winston has stabilized as a somewhat reasonable choice as quarterback. Um, You still have Evans back there in terms of the offense. I'm not worried at all. The defense is always the concern, but I've got concerns about some of the teams within their division regressing. So if New Orleans is going to get worse, if Atlanta is not going to be very good, if um, you're going to see Carolina have a can that's not 100% healthy, that all benefits Tampa Bay that, frankly, has had to play in that tough division, and it was tougher in previous years. I could see Tampa getting to seven. I will lean over six and a half. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I mean, how much, how much do coaches make a difference? Like, what would the number be in your mind, Steve, if Dirk Cutter was the coach again? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I think probably the upgrade to Arians is worth half a game, um, which doesn't sound like a lot, but that's a lot because you got a first-year coach, and that's always a little bit difficult, you know, with the new schemes, etc. However, I want to ask you, Ross, what's the attitude when you, as a player, when you bring in a new coach and new energy associated with that, and you've been a team that's been losing recently? Does that give the whole team a brand new bump? 
I, it does. There, there, there can absolutely be some positivity when you get a new coach like that. And he has a really good track record in his first year with teams. I think six and a half is kind of the right number. Um, but I can't imagine, you know, a, a, a Bruce Arians team like this being worse than six and ten. So I think six is kind of the floor, and there's a better chance that they win seven or eight. So I would lean over with you as well. I just, you know, they got enough firepower there that I, I, I would lean to the over. What about the New York Giants and the Washington Redskins? They're both at six wins right now. And considering the quarterback for the Redskins is Case Keenum, man, that says a lot about the Giants. Six wins for both the Giants and the Redskins in the NFC East. Yeah, so I think six is probably right for the Redskins. Um, who knows if um, uh, Colt McCoy might not wind up winning that starting job over the course of the season. Um, but bottom line, I would rather have Case Keenum, and I think I'd rather have Colt McCoy than Eli Manning. Uh, I'm shocked that the Giants still have Manning at, at quarterback because of that. And by the way, I know this sounds overly simplistic, but the quarterback has become so important in the NFL, which is a, a league that you absolutely have to throw the ball to win, and Eli can't throw the ball anymore. The Giants under six wins makes sense to me. Yeah, I, I think both those numbers are probably right. I don't – I mean, I guess both those teams could get to seven. I really don't see it. I think the Giants probably have a better chance to get to seven than the Redskins, but – I don't have much of a lean there. I think they probably both end up 6-10. and 10. Maybe one gets to 7, one's at 5. But to me, they're in the same bucket, uh, which is not good. So I've got, I, I, I've got nothing on either one of them. I guess maybe on the Redskins I'd lean under. I don't know. I, I think 6 is the right number, though. Finally, Arizona Cardinals. They are at 5.5. Yeah, 5.5 seems to be a stretch to me. I would lean under, but I don't know what's going to go on with quarterback. I guess they're probably going to dump Rosen and pick up Mahomes. And Vegas does not like rookie quarterbacks, as Evans, to what happened to Rosen last year, although we did have some success stories, certainly. Bottom line, though, I think Steve Wilkes, the former head coach, was completely um, in over his head. And because of that, just um, – addition by subtraction. The fact that he's gone, suddenly it's, you have to be a really bad football team to only win five games. So I hate to ever go under five and a half. Maybe I would have a tiny lean over the five and a half, but um, it really depends upon can they get Mahomes to be able to play quarterback, and I think they will take Mahomes ultimately. Got it. And, and, you, and every time you said Mahomes there, obviously you meant Kyler Murray. Um I kept saying, Mahomes, what is wrong with me? <laughs> it's no, that's not... okay, because they kept showing him on TV last night, and Mahomes, Murray, both dynamic, et cetera. Um, I think five and a half is probably right. I, I have no idea what to expect from Kyler Murray. You know, I guess I'd probably lean over just because it's kind of hard to win five or less games in the NFL, and I think he's dynamic enough. If you look at it, you know, a lot of these rookie quarterbacks that they've done different stuff with, like RG3 or even Lamar Jackson last year, I think when you incorporate a lot of these college concepts, 
that teams aren't ready for, that you get sort of a, a boost from that. So I, I probably lean a little over as it relates to the Arizona Cardinals. I think that's a great point that you made, Ross, that success for a rookie quarterback so often is don't try to fit him into your system. Have him do what he's best at. Excellent stuff, Steve. As always, I loved it. That'll do it for the Even Money podcast. I mentioned earlier in the show, we already did the College Draft podcast this morning, so you can get that. A lot of stuff to talk about, speaking of the NFL, with Andrew Brandt tomorrow on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Believe it or not, we didn't even get a chance to talk about the AAF collapse the Russell Wilson ultimatum. We got less than a week on that. The Packers dysfunction. Josh Rosen. Demarcus Lawrence, what do you do with his shoulder? And basically using his shoulder as a threat to get more money from the Dallas Cowboys, or at least to get the money now. There's a lot of good business topics for Andrew Brandt on tomorrow's Ross Tucker Football Podcast. And we'll have Greg Gabriel, longtime NFL executive, on the Fantasy Feast podcast tomorrow as well. So two really good shows lined up for tomorrow. Other than that, I think we're done here. Good luck, everybody. Hope you guys win some money. Thanks for listening to the Even Money Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the Fantasy Feast Podcast, and the College Draft Podcast, all available on iTunes at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts can be found.